Welcome to Podcast 6, a podcast of evil. You will be enthralled, and if you are found worthy, enslaved. First, there will be a poetry reading. If that is not evil, I don't know what is. Next, there will be an article discussion. And after that, rambling, pure, unadulterated, evil, rambling. <laughs> so I feel it's important to preface this next section with a bit of a warning. This was done during some of uh, my more sad times, of so probably equal to sadness of now, um, maybe not quite as sad. It's not that it's sad, it's just that this was during my playing of my Dark Elf Cleric in EverQuest, and this was done written from his perspective in heavy role-playing style. So not only is it very dark, it's also sort of religious, you know, because they, they worship, quote-unquote, the dark gods. So it's kind of doubly dark. So if you're kind of maybe sensitive to that, or if my writings you know about my sad things and and you know my writing in general kind of makes you sad then you might want to skip over this section and go straight to the next section if you do decide to give it a chance and give it a listen there is one little bit of vocabulary in there that i say the goods and that in this case are all of the good races of everquest combined there were only a few races of quote-unquote evil and they kind of hated each other for the most part but the good races all pretty much liked each other equally so there was a lot of access to the different cities and stuff that the evil races didn't have if you don't want to hear it go ahead and skip forward until about time index six minutes in the night it's starry sky covered in a blanket of cool blue as I, looking upon my cold skin, am covered in a handsome midnight sheen. The armor is strapped on, the shine of it nearly blinding my eyes in the twinkle of the midnight starlight. A cool breeze blows through my hair before putting on the face that I choose to show the world. Ah, better now, so much warmer surrounded by the steel of the helm. I hear the call of the dark tide. Calling upon the Dark Father in order to follow my destiny, I smite my foes before me. They squeal and scream as they are stricken by the power of my spells, helpless before me. Their loot furthers my goals and need. I rest, feeling the grass beneath me, even through the steel of my armor, meditating, letting my hate wash over me, calming my mind. I hear the call of the dark tide. Traveling the lands, I find others, weak, helpless, engaging in battles too big for their abilities. Fools. All the rage of all the things I cannot accomplish alone fills me. From that I heal these people, or kill what they cannot. Steal another soul for Father Inaruk in exchange for the freedom of mine. Hail and thanks, they say. Greetings, I say. Fools, I have saved your life. It now belongs to me. 
harvesting souls as I harvest loot. My travels continue, alone, as the moon is alone in the night sky. I hear the call of the dark tide. The adventures increase. I grow more powerful. Others pass by me in the night. I see them, souls harvested to serve my needs when the time comes. The steel grows cold against my skin. The night grows late. I hear the call of the dark tide. I have traveled to the ends of Norath and back, gained nearly all I need to fulfill my destiny, as it is the Father's will, to serve him, to serve myself. Let nothing stand in my way. I need no others, only the hate that warms my cold skin from within. I am alone, as I have been all my life, free to serve my own will and no others. I hear the call of the dark tide. Alone, my skin cold as the night itself, my being empty, hollow, my warmth the rage and hatred that burns my soul at how easy the goods' lives are, how happily they play, how friendly they are, they find companionship, love. I am proud to be Dark Elf, needing no others, only myself. I hear the call of the dark tide. I feel it begin to well up within me, and it is warm as it runs down my cheek. Oh, hi there! E.B. Anchored at Rabbit's Cove. We hope you will be taking advantage of our many fine black market establishments. And do stop by Jack Rabbit's Pub for your free rum. Oof. Okay, that was a little bit more sad than I remember, even for me. So, shake it off. Okay, so this next section is another article that I wrote quite a while ago. It's actually one of the pages that I still actually get hits on from pages that aren't in my rabbit domain. This actually gets quite a few hits, as does the Women of EverQuest article. I think it's because people are probably searching for the definition of evil and not expecting to get something based on a game, you know, just in general, the definition of evil. Although a lot of this does still apply, so there's that. So as I said, this is really just a page designed, or an article designed to sort of shake up your perception. This was kind of back in the day, um, before Joss Whedon did a lot of his work, and it really questions your perception of what is evil, what is good, and is good always good, and is evil always evil, and vice versa. So with that, I'll do my sort of reading slash reinterpretation of the page, and you can decide for yourself. And if you're into role-playing and you want to incorporate some of these ideas into your role-playing style, go right ahead. Common perceptions of what most call evil actions, murder of innocence, greed, deception used in order to further personal goals, kill stealing, camping, doing something for your own personal gain, using or manipulating someone physically or mentally to your benefit, expansionism which involves conquest by power. The murder of innocence and expansionism probably doesn't take place in too many games these days. I know Guild Wars 2 is doing something really interesting with NPCs 
and events that can take permanent change within your play, you know, with your game experience, and it, it sort of records for that character. But in most games, I don't think it really applies. Back in EverQuest, it applied that players were going and killing the guards. I expect, you know, games with PvP servers, this can also happen, as they would charge the cities and kill the guards. And so there's that sort of expansionism aspect. If you kill the guards of, you know, a certain race, they, they can't guard. And uh, the lower-level people who are fighting in that area, assumably lower-level, um, will be vulnerable to the monsters they're trying to run away from. Greed and doing something just for your own personal gain can come up in players harvesting certain areas, be that they're harvesting monsters for loot, which doesn't happen so much these days, but more so they're harvesting for you know, crafting items or special loot that can be used for crafting off of certain monsters. And it's taking away from players of an appropriate level. Like if somebody, you know, 10 levels higher is harvesting something, you know, because their crafting is behind, then that's, you know, something that's not okay because they're taking it away from the level appropriate players who get not only loot but also experience. Kill stealing and camping is probably a point that doesn't come up a lot in current games because most games have things in place to prevent that sort of thing from happening. Like, you know, monsters will get flagged for certain players so it doesn't matter if somebody helps them kill it or not that original player will still get the credit and the loot for it and camping it does and it doesn't happen in games mostly this was a big deal in open world games and we aren't seeing too many open world games these days mostly they're all moving you know towards instanced areas and that uh, removes that issue as well Deception is probably also something that we don't see happening a lot these days, especially with all the hint sites now. Back in the day with EverQuest, there really weren't all that many hint sites, and it took a while for them to come into play. So there was a lot of deception in, you know, on the part of players who were hunting a specific item. Somebody would come by and say, oh, hey, I'm looking for this item too. I see you're here. Have you seen this NPC lately? And players would sometimes flat out lie and they would know the spawn timer, and they would know exactly when the NPC is going to respawn, and they would tell the, the new player something completely wrong, just to throw them off so that they had a better chance at getting the loot. We don't see that happening too much today, but I suppose it could still happen in some cases. To truly understand evil, you have to get to the psychology behind you know, the player motivation. Why are they doing what they're doing? Why are they acting the way they're acting? It's not necessarily that they are good or bad, but it's the motivation behind why they're doing something. If you think about murder, somebody says, oh, he was murdered, you automatically probably think that was a bad thing. But if you say, hey, we're sending soldiers over here, and they're going to kill some bad guys because they're the bad guys, you don't think of that as murder automatically. You think, oh, they're defending such and such. So it's justified, quote-unquote. So... You have to be careful and understand the motivation of why something is happening. Why is this act going on? Self-preservation is also something that probably doesn't quite have as big of a role in current gaming as it used to. I'm sure it still happens within groups. But you'll see players backing out of combat when they know they're going to lose. And they'll, they'll try and dump the monsters on somebody else. Or they'll try and do something to avoid dying themselves and causing others to die. Instead, giving them more time to preserve themselves, basically. The next point is one that I 
convinced a lot of people to play Dark Elf Clerics by, and that is that evil can give out aid or help or whatever uh, seemingly for no reason. And yet the reason they're doing it is because friendship and giving away something to somebody makes them feel like they owe you something, like they, they, they owe you a returned favor or, oh, he's nice, I'll put him on my friends list. And that in turn, as I mentioned in the, the segment just before this, is that that makes the players then motivated to return the favor, as it were, and get back to you and contact you in the future, maybe if they have a group opening, and that will in turn gain you something in return. This next point is probably, again, something that doesn't really happen because of the way games have been changing over the last you know, 12 years since I wrote this article, but good can sometimes perceive that a character of evil is not helping them for a reason. Like if they're fighting a monster and they're about to die, you know, a good person would expect another person of similar faction to help them out, whereas they would expect somebody of opposite faction to just, you know, let them die or, you know, help the monster. In some PvP areas, I'm sure this probably happens probably quite a bit, and in some PvE servers, which do allow, you know, sort of indirect PvP, this may also happen. So again, your perception of who is good and who is evil and why depends on the motivation. And the last point I want to mention is that a player of an evil race doesn't inherently mean that they are dishonorable. They may have chosen the evil race just because they like the starting area better, or they may actually be more honorable than any of the you know good quote unquote races depending on the game they may have lived a disadvantaged life i knew in everquest there was a tremendous skew against quote unquote evil characters so they really felt the plight of the the disadvantaged class or disadvantaged race and really felt what it was like to be disliked because they're quote unquote evil and so the players often had a lot more compassion towards, you know, needs or, uh, you know, disadvantages that a player may be facing. And they might actually be more willing to help them out. So that's it for my spiel on uh, the definition of evil. I know a lot of it really doesn't apply anymore in the last uh, 12 years since games have been changing. But some of it may still apply. And I know a lot of it, too, probably won't work in many online games because they don't provide the sort of, I guess, content that uh, would allow you to do the things that uh, are perceived as evil. And uh, a lot of the games have changed now where evil is not an option. Game developers are moving more towards factions and not labeling something as evil or good. They're just a different faction, and it's up to you to decide if that is a good faction or a bad faction. And just, uh, they tend to avoid the issue altogether. Which is probably a good thing, because we don't really want people to say, Oh, hey, I'm evil. <laughs> Typically, in games, people assume that that means they get to be racist and hateful. And that's really not what being evil is about. As I mentioned just now in this whole section... It's really not about raw hatred or raw dislike or being racist. It's about all these other things, the motivation behind why you're doing what you're doing. So hopefully you enjoyed that section, or uh, maybe it made you think a little. And uh, on to the next. You know much that is hidden, though, Tim. Quite. Welcome. Bye-bye.
Robins Rumberlings So it's a different day for me and I'd like to preface this section with uh, just a, a note that I'm totally sick I was pretty sick yesterday when I did the rest of the podcast but today I am totally stuffed up and not feeling too good and my throat is pretty much destroyed so my voice may sound a little bit different than it does normally um, my upper registry is pretty much destroyed I still have superhero voice which you have not heard yet and I can still do Captain Kirk I can't let you take my ship what gives you the right to maim, kill, destroy what's not even yours irritating give me a bellyache and I got a beauty right now Okay, don't worry guys, I'll stop. So this section is about alignment and faction. Well, alignment and faction have been around in games for years and years and years. It's only until very recently that they've actually had an impact on gaming. As per my previous sections in the podcast back in EverQuest, faction was pretty much just they ranged from hating you to loving you very much. In more recent games, we have factions where... They'll have sort of a sliding scale. If the vendor likes you somewhat, they'll you know, give you a good price. But if they really like you, they'll give you an amazing price and maybe offer you special items that you couldn't get if they didn't like you that much. The most interesting, I suppose, consequence of alignment I've seen so far has been in Dragon Age and Mass Effect. In Dragon Age, the NPCs that, that join your company, as it were, will react to you differently depending on what actions you take with NPCs and how the conversation goes. In certain instances, they may like you more, and in other instances, they might like you less. And I believe it's even possible for them to dislike you enough to actually leave your group entirely, and you lose access to that NPC for the rest of that character's game. It seems, though, with most of Dragon Age, it's just a if-then statement. If the NPC likes you, they'll talk to you. If they don't like you, they won't talk to you. There doesn't really seem to be quite as much of a sliding scale as there is with the NPC companions that join your group. With Mass Effect, there seems to be a little bit more diversity in that they have not so much faction, but they have something they call Paragon versus Renegade, and that's how your character is viewed by the rest of the world. So it's sort of a a reverse faction, I guess you could say, in the sense that it affects all NPCs. It's not just, you know, this one NPC likes you or this one group of NPCs like you. It's how you're liked as a whole, your sort of overall reputation in the universe. What I really like about both is how the conversation options sort of mask which way you're going to go. It's really kind of up to you to decide how you want to go. There are problems to that, though, and that the descriptions might not be quite as accurate as they could be for the the conversation to follow. Like, say there's an example of, you know, three options for your, your reply, and that could be, yes, I agree, no, I have reservations, and no, I disagree. Well, if you think maybe the middle option might be a good way to negotiate, you could turn out correct, or it could wind up that you grab the NPC by the scuff of his collar and punch him in the face. You don't really have, you know, a sure guarantee that the option you choose is going to go with sort of the alignment, I guess you could say, that you think it might. Um, 
in general, I like to play mostly good, but with Mass Effect, I've found there are some renegade options that are really helpful. Like in interrogation, you can grab the, the bad guy and rough him up a little bit, and uh, he'll give you more information. Or there's some times where you just know something is wrong, and so you, you take the shortcut. You you pop pop something that's destructible, and it, it blows up, and you know you get a shortcut, and you can avoid some combat. Or if you know somebody's corrupt, you can you can stop them before anything bad happens. So those options are really great. And I really love how Mass Effect has those Paragon and Renegade sort of interrupts to the conversation. As advanced as Dragon Age and Mass Effect are in terms of alignment and good versus evil, they still sort of skirt the line. In one of the mission sets, uh, to rescue one of the NPC companions, uh, Thane, he has a son who's turning sort of to a life of a bounty hunter and life of crime. And Thane was sort of pushed into that himself, and he doesn't want that for his son. So you go in to follow his storyline, and you find out, you know, he, he's an assassin, so he's mostly about stealth. But a lot of the options are, you know, based around stealth instead of, you know, good or bad. And the odd thing is that this leads you to a character that you basically capture and then interrogate. And really it gets into the Paragon versus Renegade in the interrogation. And you can uh, basically you know, choose multiple paths of Renegade and basically beat this guy several times until he gives you the information you want. It's not evil or good. It's just uh, you know roughing him up a bit. If you go down the path of Renegade too far, though, you are perceived as, you know, somebody who's not so nice. So I really love the game for those options and that aspect of it's more about, you know, personal morality as opposed to good versus evil. Gets back to what I was saying about the motivation of the, the character, and in this case, you, uh, the player. Because I would say, you know, mostly I'm Paragon, good guy. But in a case like this, you know, it's a bad guy. You know, you're trying to save Thane's son and keep him away from a crime of evil. You know, beat on the bad guy a little bit. You know, rough him up. Get the information you need in order to save Thane's son, you know. So it's motivation that you're doing it for good, but you're doing an evil act, quote-unquote. And that really gets to the point of pretty much the whole podcast, is that evil isn't necessarily evil and good isn't necessarily good. In this case... You know, my character, there's like four ranks of each one. And my character, at the last time I, I was able to play, I was at three points into good and barely one point into evil. Yet there were these, or, you know, Renegade and Paragon, but there were these choices that I made, like like the interrogation that I chose to, you know, take the quote-unquote evil route. And for this, I really love the Mass Effect uh, alignment system, I guess you could say. I... I think they really need to take it sort of to the next level though because a lot of the NPC vendors really aren't affected all that much. They have their own sort of tracks on the conversation where you can split one way or the other. But in general, they don't really care if you're a Paragon or Renegade. It doesn't really seem to impact as much of the game, I think, as it could. I think there could be a lot more splits and branches that could form. Maybe we'll see it in Mass Effect 3. I certainly hope so. That would be awesome. Overall, though, even though EverQuest and probably a few other games out there that I haven't played or I'm not recalling at the moment have really 
gotten into faction and really put it out there that, oh, we hate you, we're not going to talk to you, and we're not going to let you in our lands. I think current games have sort of moved away from the origin of faction and uh, really kind of balanced things out. Like, you know, the quote-unquote good guys have access to this and the quote-unquote bad guys have access to this. But at their core element, they're really the same thing. They're not really any different. You're not really barred from any kind of content. And hopefully we will make a return to that. I, I would like to see it happen. I would love to see it happen, you know, in a Dragon Age and Mass Effect style where it's more morality-based than, you know, character is this race or class and therefore we hate you automatically. You know, it makes more sense to have an actual reason to dislike this person based on their actions or inactions or choices about, uh, you know, what quests to do and what quests not to do. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, maybe it's something you don't ever think about. You just do what you do, and you, you don't worry about the morality of it, you just do what you do. So that's basically it for the podcast of evil. There's one last bit of very good news I have to share with you, and uh, that speaks for itself, and that's coming up. Ahoy there, and welcome to the treasure chest. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. <laughs> the following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. An anonymous pirate king in a nearby island did donate quite a bit of booty to the rabbit. The rabbit's pirate cove pirates did also seize themselves a tax galleon. With those booties and the booty previously owned, the rabbit does now have enough to purchase himself a gaming laptop. Three cheers for gaming. Hip hip arr. Hip hip arr. Hip hip arr. Well, last bit before I go. The closing music is uh, for anyone who tends to play evil characters and wants to think about being evil or likes being evil. If uh, you consider evil being hateful and rude and being an ass, just uh, heed the words of the closing lyrics. Okay, thanks, bye. Take the quote-unquote evil route. Oh. <clears throat> Ooh, burp. Because a lot of the NPC, M M there's no <coughs> oh scruffy voice. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com/podcast/rabbitsramblings.html. When you type rabbits ramblings, don't use a space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. Whenever you type rabbit in any of those, be sure to, to put a one in place of I. Rabbit's Rambling is copyright 2011 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribute Sharealike license.